Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran. And I'm Dave Selecki. This week on the show, we'll be talking to Jeremy Hand. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Did you know about Moto America? Tickets and complete 21 schedule are available at MotoAmerica.com. In addition, we're going to have nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels featuring, as mentioned, those 190-mile-an-hour Ono Superbikes. All 20 Superbike races are going to air live on Fox Sports. Return of the King and the Baggers, which was awesome last year. We're going to see that also on Fox Sports, Liqui Moly Junior Cup, Fox Sports, Moto America Rewind, Inside Moto America, also Fox Sports, Mav TV will be covering the Super Sport races, and don't miss a minute of the action. Practice qualifying races, video on demand, everything your heart could desire at Moto America Live Plus streaming. That's where I get all the action. It's amazing. You don't miss a bit of it. We're looking forward to an incredible season that currently will be starting April 30th at Road Atlanta, one of America's fastest tracks. Looking forward to seeing you there. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And here's the latest racing this last weekend. Uh, we had a weekend off from Supercross, but we did have Kicker Arena Cross take place in Tampa this last weekend. And I tell you, PJ, it's just amazing that Kyle Peters won both Saturday and Sunday, 250 Pro Sport and 450 Pro Sport. The young man is undefeated this year. He is leading the points with a perfect score across both classes, all motos, through eight rounds. Drop a flag. That guy picks up the checker. That is amazing. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, what former NBA champion went on to form a motorcycle and road race team? We'll be back with that answer after we talk to Jeremy Hand. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. 
So welcome to the show today, our guest, Jeremy Hand, a young and up-and-coming rider in the 250SX East Series. Jeremy, welcome to the show, bud. How's it going? It's good to be on here. Awesome, awesome. Well, we've uh, wanted to have you on for a while. I'm an Ohio guy, and uh, I'm kind of a stalker when it comes to the results, and we're always watching you guys from Ohio to make sure uh, you guys are representing the state, and you're just having an outstanding season this year. Yeah, it's been uh, really good, actually. It started off good, and it's just continued to be good. Now, you had, uh, I think, your career best finish ever, I think, because you've ridden you've ridden 250 outdoors, 450s, 250 supercross. You've hit a lot of disciplines. You had your best career finish ever. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Indy 2 started off good, ended up getting in the main right through the heat race, no LCQ, so that was always good. And then got a pretty good start, made a few passes in the beginning and just rode my own race and just ended up sixth. Outstanding effort and uh, good to see. I mean, uh, Going back, I mean, you, you're one of the members of a family that in the state of Ohio is really, really well known for motocross. Your family's been connected to motocross for as long as I can remember, going way back in time. Your your father, your uncle, your cousins are all competing and in, in racing over the years. Talk about some of that, some of the kind of where you got started in racing and what that led to. Yeah, we uh, I started uh, racing when I was five years old, and we at the time we owned uh, or we ran Ohio International Raceway, so pretty much just grew up, started racing there, and it's all my family, my uncle, my dad, my cousin, all of them raced, and it's just been going on ever since. So you you kind of got the bug at an early age, and uh, two wheels were under you pretty early on. So and it shows, I think. Just watching you ride, you have that natural talent and ability that comes with somebody who's been on a bike since they were, what, about three years old, I'm guessing? Yeah, I've been riding since I was pretty much three, but I think I started racing when I was around five years old. And what was your first bike? It was a JR50, actually. You did go through the Loretta Lynn's program for some time. I think you, uh, your last race there was around 2014, so seven, six, seven years ago. Talk about that, some of the some of the adventures there at Loretta Lynn's and going through that program. Was that something that really helped you when you eventually went pro? Oh, uh, yeah, I did Loretta's for, I think I went there seven or eight times. And I actually got second there one year in the 85 class, which was good. Wanted to get the win, but just came short of the championship there. And then I did that until I think I was in the schoolboy class. And then after that, I was pretty much just over the amateur scene. So I ended up just doing arena cross after that and getting my pro license. I think I was only uh, 16 years old when I got my pro license. So, Jeremy, you, you mentioned arena cross. Most hot rod privateers such as yourself do a whole bunch of racing. What other, are you involved in any other series at this point or is it all in on Supercross or disciplines? Like, are you doing off-road GNC type stuff, GNCC type stuff or no? Yeah, I mean, I've done the arena cross. I've done outdoors. I did Loretta's. Lately, it's just been Supercross and motocross. But last year after the COVID hit, after Daytona, the only thing running was uh, GNCC races and my buddy actually talked me into racing those, and he let me use one of his bikes. So I did uh, two of those races last year. 
What'd you think of that? I mean, obviously compared to Supercross, a lot longer race and it really challenges fitness is the first thing that comes to mind, which I think would make it probably a great training, you know, method when you're not able to race Supercross, right? Oh yeah, it was. It's a whole different animal out there. I was not ready for all that. Three hours is pretty, pretty gnarly. I was not expecting that. The last hour is rough. And those guys are going. I'd say pretty much moto speed, or or maybe eighty-five, ninety percent of moto speed through the woods. What was the pace like for you? I didn't really know what to expect because before then, I never even raced any off-road at all never even tried it even local or anything and i just went straight into xc2 class those dudes are crazy in there it's an extremely gnarly uh, form of racing and uh, i've heard the racers explain it and describe it just like you did which is uh, you basically get beat up for three hours and uh, hopefully you come out and uh, finish the race that's ultimately the goal oh yeah definitely so, Jeremy, I, I consider you what they call a true privateer. You're not with a race team. You're, you guys, your family have been doing it on your own, and you've gotten, obviously, some help along the way, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. What's your typical week like? I mean, as you're a young man. Are, do, you, do you work a day job? Are you that guy, or do you get enough help to where you can pretty much just train and, and plan on racing? Yeah, I actually have been working for the last few years. I work uh, for a city near me in the cemetery department, actually. So I do that during the week, and then when I can, I ride, depending on Ohio weather and all that, but just pretty much do what I can throughout the week with working and training and all that. And that is, I agree, that is difficult in Ohio. Now, you've got one small advantage, I th I'd say small, but it's actually a big thing. You've got a, a home track that you can uh, at least get knobbies in the dirt and get some time on the bike. How often uh, in the winter does that get to happen, though? Not too often in the winter. We get a warm day here and there that we'll be able to ride it. But besides that, during the winter, it's not a whole lot going on besides usually Supercross. So I'm usually traveling for that, ride when I can, just try to ride as much as I can just to keep on the bike and just keep going. But there for a few years, I didn't even ride at all during the winter. Jeremy, how big is your overall, would you say, your overall team effort? Are you the guy that's driving yourself from event to event, or do you have mechanic mechanics uh, that are able to, you know, in some way uh, relieve some of the stress that goes with being a privateer? Usually it's just me and my dad, honestly. No one else really goes. My mom here and there, but most of the time just me and my dad in the motorhome or van. But actually, for the Texas rounds of Supercross, to make it work, my dad wasn't able to take off a week of work. So I ended up driving down there by myself and finding a mechanic to go to the race with me. Did I hear that right? You did the whole Texas series all by yourself. That's that's something. Yeah. That's a young man on the road and kind of learning the ropes and, and having to, to figure things out. That's pretty cool. Jeremy, you've ridden a lot of different disciplines. You've ridden a lot of different bikes. And uh, which which do you really prefer, riding the 250 or the 450? Because I know you've been on both, and I've seen a lot of photos online and kind of follow your Instagram account and see that. I definitely like the 450, like outdoors, because it's so hard to have a bike that competes for the factory guys on the outdoor 250 class. So for that, I usually just race a stock 450 with a pipe and a few other things. But indoor, it's not too much of as like as bad with the power. But 
for supercross i definitely like the 250 better and why is that is it just the 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 weight of the bike or the power or just doesn't beat you up as much just the weight and the power ratio but i don't get a whole lot of time on a supercross track so to be able to go fast on a 450 you have to have quite a bit of time on a supercross to get comfortable with it and you mentioned that you're relatively running a stock 450 in the outdoors are you missing a whole bunch of horsepower that is a that's a question that a lot of guys ask you know what's the real difference between a factory bike and we all know there is a difference is it a material difference you know that really affects you throughout the course of a race 450 is not as bad the, the class on the outdoors obviously the 450 is already really fast to begin with so but it's more of the sus- suspension components and that because they have all the good suspension and i'm just running the stock forks and shock so like over the whole course of the moto it gets hot and just doesn't work as good as the guys a kit or coated suspension about what one would suspect i gather suspension is the key to getting around any racetrack and yeah i think uh the point has been made by a lot of people we've talked to, racers specifically. A stock 450 is about all you need unless uh, the track gets crazy long. Then the horsepower show up, essentially. It's usually not as bad on the outdoors, the 450 class. So, like, it doesn't really matter as much about the horsepower difference. So what are your goals looking forward, Jeremy? I mean, you've, you're, you're having arguably a great season already. What are you expecting out of yourself before the end of this before the end of the season yeah i just want to keep it going just in the 450 class and the outdoors i just want to be consistent top 20 top 15 just put in good laps and get good starts now you've got the uh stretch run right now until the uh, i think the east west shootout is your next event in uh 250 east is that correct yeah, there's uh, an East Coast Supercross at Salt Lake and then an East-West shootout, if I can make it out there. I understand. So they're mixing up the schedule a little bit to, f- to get at least another 250 East round in. Are there race events between now and then that you would hit? Because I know you've done arena cross in the past. Would you maybe hit the round in Texas coming up? Probably not. I'm just down here in Florida just getting some riding in right now, just trying to stay on the bike and just keep riding because I've been feeling really good lately. The main thing right now is just to keep on the bike. And that's how you keep sharp for sure. And that's, uh, as we know, being from Ohio and uh, some of your uh, racers that you've uh, raced with, such as Logan Carnow, another Ohio rider, guys that you've been around, they, they struggle in the winter to get seat time. So you do have to travel and hit the road to, uh, to try to get as much time on the bike as possible. So in your uh, spare time, Jeremy, what are your hobbies and what do you get to do uh, when you're not thinking about dirt bikes or training or, or working at the cemetery? Yeah, I usually uh, play a lot of golf or mountain bike or BMX bike. It's pretty much about all I do besides racing. And mountain biking, that's that's huge in motocross and off-road as a training tool. It's also a hell of a lot of fun. I don't know if you've tried any of the e-bikes yet. Oh yeah, those uh, those are crazy. I really I tried a few of those. They're awesome. It's almost like cheating to an extent. Yeah, definitely. And the e-bike series that they're running in conjunction with the GNCC still, right? I think that's still happening. Yeah, I think they're still doing that. That'd be a good opportunity to get some training in and maybe bring home a trophy and some bragging rights at the same time. 
So, Jeremy, our time is running out, and we wanted to thank you for coming on Pit Pass Moto today. This is the time we'd like to take a few minutes, if you can, if there's any sponsors that you want to give a shout-out to, and then also where we can find you on social media so uh, people listening to the show can look you up. Yeah, for sure. I, just, I wouldn't be able to do it without my sponsors, but you can find me on Instagram at JeremyHand90. Uh, and then, yeah, for sure, I can't thank my sponsors enough for all everything because if it wasn't for them, my dad and my mom, I wouldn't even wouldn't even be out here there's few people really helping me out this year uh am motocross gear has been a really big supporter of my program this year helping me out with gear anything i need and then bob at Ward of wheels hooking me up with the bikes giving me a good deal on them and then a long list of other people uh joel Yunkin's training get my fitness right and straight for the season FMF, Alpine Star, Bell Helmets, Gary Bruce, Mike and Metals, Pirelli Tires have been a huge help at the races, getting me the right tread for the conditions and all that. Uh, who else? Mobius Braces, Recluse, Clutches, Weisco, Pistons have been a huge supporter over the years, really helped out a lot. Just anyone I forgot, my mom, my dad, and all of them, I just couldn't do it without them. And there you go. That's the true words of a privateer. They can't do it without the help, and it's great that uh, that you've got those guys in your corner. Jeremy, thanks again for coming on the show, man. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'd like to thank our guest today, Jeremy Hand, for spending time with us. And uh, let's get back to the Pit Pass trivia question this week. And what former... NBA champion went on to form a motorcycle road race team? And the answer is, of course, Michael Jordan. Obviously, the famed Bulls player and uh, six-time winner of the championship went on to form Jordan Motorsports in 2004, PJ, and he kept at it till 2014. And it was one heck of a team. They were an impressive operation. Parts Unlimited had involvement with them. There were a lot of great racers, and it was quite an effort, and it was fun to see a new team. They always had cool stuff parked at their pits, Dave. No expense was spared on that race team and uh, such a great presence and such uh, energy that he injected into road racing at the time, which it really needed a shot in the arm, I think. Upcoming events, uh, we've got Daytona Supercross taking place uh, Saturday, March 6th. That's this next weekend. So that's round nine for 450 Supercross and 250 West Supercross. That's their second event and then followed by uh, the week after they'll head to Arlington for three rounds at that stadium for March 13th through the 20th. Also this coming weekend we've got Arena Cross taking place in Amarillo, Texas. That'll be uh, March 5th and 6th. That's Friday and Saturday. In road racing news we will have the Daytona 200 Saturday March 13th. Same weekend, same area of the country. Barberville we will have flat track racing the aft series begins as well we look forward to 2021 kicking off for road racing and flat track Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. 
And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, our producer, Leah Longbreak, and our audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week at the racetrack. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.